Hi, everyone, and welcome back once again to our Midweek Bible Study 2022 Winter and Spring Edition. I'm Pastor Tim with Word of Hope Christian Church in New Braunfels, Texas. It is great to be with you once again. Thanks for taking time to join me. It is Wednesday, February 16th. Last week, we completed our study in Ezekiel, and what a great journey it was. Today, we begin our study of Daniel, and the theme of this study is Believers Can Live with Integrity When Tempted to Compromise. It's going to be an exciting time to study today. We'll be looking at Daniel chapter 1, verses 8 to 21. But before we get any farther in our process today, let's take a moment and pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the privilege that you've given us once again to study your word. Open our hearts and minds to receive it today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. As a reminder, too, if you'd like to catch up with any of the previous studies in Ezekiel or any of the previous study series before that, you can always do so right here on this media platform, or you can go to our website at www.whccnb.org, click on the sermon tab, and you'll have both audio and video available at your convenience to download. Now, all of this talk about Daniel and the fact that believers can live with integrity when tempted to compromise really leads me to our opening question. And that is this, what commitments are the most difficult to keep? What commitments are the most difficult to keep? For me, I think commitments that we're not committed to are difficult to keep. When our heart's not in it, or we simply don't care about the outcome, our effort is going to be half-baked at best. Also, long-term commitments can be difficult as well. And as with any commitment, we should have a plan, a benchmark to establish along the way, several benchmarks along the way. What are they there for? To check our progress. How are we doing towards the goal of our commitment? Without a plan, folks, no matter what the commitment, I believe it's going to fail eventually. Second question, what makes keeping a commitment so challenging or difficult? Again, without a plan, we really don't have a clear direction. And without a clear direction, we don't know how to effectively channel our efforts toward that commitment. And as I said in my previous answer, if we're not all in to the mission at hand, then that's a huge challenge, and it's really difficult to achieve any kind of success. Our third opening question today, what are some of the characteristics of integrity? Oh, this is good. And that includes to that definition, I'm sure some of you have heard, that integrity is what you do when no one is around. Absolutely a characteristic. But tell me some more. What are some of the characteristics of integrity? How about things such as honesty, sincerity, trustworthiness, kindness, taking responsibility for one's actions, giving others the benefit of the doubt, and virtue, just to name a few. Ready to dive in? Ready to explore this text? All right, let's get to it. Integrity goes deeper than our words. Integrity means having strong values and living by them through every circumstance. Through studying this book of Daniel, we're going to learn from a man with integrity who could withstand any challenge, but this not of his own. It was because of his faith. Here's a brief outline of what we'll be studying today. First, Daniel 1 verses 8 through 10, and we're calling this a commitment expressed. Next, Daniel 1 verses 11 through 16, and we call this a test passed. And finally, Daniel 1 verses 17 to 21, we're calling this a recognized difference. 
So open up those Bibles or Bible apps to Daniel chapter 1, verses 8 through 10, and let's get to study in this first section, a commitment expressed. Verses 8 through 10 read, But Daniel was determined not to defile himself by eating the food and wine given to them by the king. He asked the chief of staff for permission not to eat these unacceptable foods. Now God had given the chief of staff both respect and affection for Daniel. But he responded, I'm afraid of my lord the king who has ordered that you eat this food and wine. If you become pale and thin compared to the other youths your age, I'm afraid the king will have me beheaded. Let me give you a little background here by sharing with you about the previous verses that start chapter 1, verses 1 through 7. In verse 1, Jehoiakim was one of Judah's last kings. In 605 BC, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, laid siege to Jerusalem. Then in verse 2, Nebuchadnezzar defeated Jehoiakim and took to Babylon many vessels from the temple to deposit in the house of his God. In verses 3 and 4, the king ordered his chief official, Aspenaz, to bring to Babylon many youths from the Judean royal family and nobility. Ashpenaz gathered for the king those young people who showed the most promise in both aptitude and appearance. Then Nebuchadnezzar ordered that these young people learn the literature and language of the Babylonians so that he might utilize them in service to him. In verse 5, the king treated these new captives very well, appointing a daily ration of his best food and wine. Then in verse 6, they would undergo a three-year training period, after which they were to enter the king's service. Included among the captives to enter the king's training were four Judean youths, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. You might know them better as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And then in verse 7, the commander assigned new Babylon names to each one. So there's the background that leads up to this first passage, verses 8 through 10. Here's our first question. What does it mean in verse 8 when Daniel was determined not to defile himself by eating the food and wine given to them by the king? First of all, I don't think Daniel's issue had to do with consuming rich food or wine. There were two problems he saw. First, the king's menu no doubt included food forbidden by the law of Moses and food not prepared according to Mosaic regulations. And second, the meat had probably been dedicated to idols, as was customary in Babylon. To eat that food would mean he recognized those idols as deities. Secondly, the word determined means devoted to principle and to be committed to a course of action. When Daniel determined not to defile himself, he was being true to a lifelong determination to do what was right and not to give in to the pressures around him. We too are often assaulted by pressures to compromise our standards and live more like the world around us. Merely wanting or preferring God's will and way is not enough to stand against the onslaught of temptation. Like Daniel, we must determine to obey God. Question number two, what is the value of a carefully thought out set of beliefs? What do you think? It's easier to resist temptation if you've thought through your convictions well before the temptation arrives. Daniel and his friends made their decision to be faithful to the laws of God before they were faced with the king's rich food and drink, so they did not hesitate to stick with their convictions. And you know, beloved, we will get into trouble if we have not previously decided where to draw the line. Before such situations arise, we need to decide on our commitments. Then, when temptation comes, 
we will be ready to say no. Question number three. In verse 9, it says that God had given the chief of staff both respect and affection for Daniel. The question is simply, why? God moved with an unseen hand to change the heart of that Babylonian official. The strong moral conviction of these four young men made an impact. And God promises to be with his people in times of trial and temptation. Psalm 106:46, Isaiah 43, 2-5 and 1 Corinthians 10.13. His active intervention often comes just when we take a stand for him. Stand for God and trust him to protect you in ways you may not be able to understand or see. Question 4. In verse 10, the Babylonian official wanted to help Daniel and the other three, but was afraid. What was he afraid of? This official bore the responsibility to the king to provide him well-fed youth trainees. If he granted Daniel's request for a change in diet, and the four ended up looking worse than the other youthful captives in training, it could mean his death. So even in such a small issue as this, he still feared for his life. And finally, question number five. Most people probably find it easier to keep greater commitments than to keep smaller ones. What do other people learn when they see us honoring both small and great commitments? One thing people would learn is that you can be trusted whether the commitment is small or large. They also learn that the lines of communication will remain open during the process, and that's so important. Also, when people learn they can depend on you, that word spreads, it spreads fast, and that can bring about more opportunities as well as greater responsibilities. And lastly, your public perception will increase. And that's a positive thing because it brings glory to God, not us, but to God. And you will gain the loyalty from the people. Again, a blessing that honors the Lord. The next point in our outline is called a test passed. Let's read Daniel 1 verses 11 through 16. Daniel spoke with the attendant who had been appointed by the chief of staff to look after Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Please test us for 10 days on a diet of vegetables and water, Daniel said. At the end of the 10 days, see how we look compared to the other young men who are eating the king's food. Then make your decision in light of what you see. The attendant agreed to Daniel's suggestion and tested them for 10 days. At the end of the 10 days, Daniel and his three friends looked healthier and better nourished than the young men who had been eating the food assigned by the king. So after that, the attendant fed them only vegetables instead of food and wine provided for the others. Question number one. In verse 12, Daniel proposes an alternative to the king's diet. What did this allow Daniel and his friends to do? And what lesson is there for us? The word translated vegetables likely refers to anything that grows from seeds, including fruits, vegetables, and grains. This would clearly make it simpler for Daniel and his friends to maintain the Jewish dietary laws. What's really interesting here is that Daniel found a way to live by God's standards in a culture that did not honor God. He wisely chose to negotiate rather than rebel, and that solution saved his life and the lives of his friends. As God's people, we may adjust to our culture as long as we do not 
compromise God's laws. Question number two. In verse 14, it says, The attendant agreed to Daniel's suggestion and tested them for ten days. Why did he agree? First, the attendant listened to Daniel. He really listened. It wasn't just giving him lip service. After considering all the information, he changed the diet for Daniel and his friends. I'm sure it seemed like a low risk to him. Only 10 days. And the guard knew the reason why Daniel was doing this. This is so important. And that is Daniel and his friends wanted to honor their God. Even if the test had failed, Daniel and his friends would have provided a witness to him of their faith. That's phenomenal because clearly this attendant was open to that. Number three, question. In verse 15, we see the results of the 10-day test. What were they and why might that be important for us as well? At the end of the 10 days, the attendant examined Daniel and his friends and discerned they were better in appearance and fatter in flesh than all the youths who ate the king's food. So Daniel's test had proven successful and the attendant had accomplished his purpose for them, keeping them healthy and strong, while also allowing them to honor God. From this, we should see that God provides small and large opportunities to live our integrity before others. When others see us trust God's word, God can use that to draw them to Christ. Several times, the text contrasts Daniel and his friends with the rest of the trainees. We don't know how many other Judean exiles were in the group, but how tragic that they missed God's blessing by compromising in a relatively small area of their faith. Question number four, the last question in this middle section. Recall a time when you or someone you know took an unpopular stand for a principle in God's word. What was the outcome and how did God receive the glory? In a previous ministry, there was an issue in the church and many people were gossiping about it. That was a problem in and of itself, but it got to the point that it became a huge distraction for the church. So I chose to address it from the pulpit one particular Sunday as I was preaching. It kind of fit in with the message. The outcome was that during the invitation, many of these people who had been gossiping came forward and they just confessed their sin. They repented of it. And there was this great sense of peace that swept over the congregation. Absolutely a God moment. And all the people praised the Lord for his amazing love, forgiveness, and restoration. Finally, let's turn our attention to the last part of our outline, which is called a recognized difference. Let's read Daniel 1, verses 17 to 21. God gave these four young men an unusual aptitude for understanding every aspect of literature and wisdom. And God gave Daniel the special ability to interpret the meanings of visions and dreams. When the training period ordered by the king was completed, the chief of staff brought all the young men to King Nebuchadnezzar. The king talked with them, and no one impressed him as much as Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. So they entered the royal service. Whenever the king consulted them in any matter requiring wisdom and balanced judgment, he found them ten times more capable than any of the magicians and enchanters in his entire kingdom. Daniel remained in the royal service until the first year of the reign of King Cyrus. Here's our question. In verse 17, God blesses Daniel and his friends with special aptitudes and abilities. Why? In short, because they were obedient to the Lord. 
Daniel and his friends learned all they could about their new culture so they could do their work with excellence. But while they learned, they maintained steadfast allegiance to God and God gave them skill and wisdom. Folks, culture need not be God's enemy. If it doesn't violate his commands, it can aid in accomplishing his purpose. We who follow God are free to be competent leaders in our culture, but we are required to pledge our allegiance to God first. Number two, in verse 19, Daniel and his three friends stood out among the others that were interviewed by the king. Why? The four men did not stand out because they had kept a good diet, although that certainly set them apart in one way, but they stood out because God blessed them for keeping his command. That's a lesson we should all take to heart. Number three, in verse 20, we read that Daniel and his three friends were now advisors to the king. What does this say about godly wisdom? This was certainly a challenging time because in addition to Daniel and his friends, the king had other advisors who were magicians and enchanters. These were astrologers who claimed to be able to predict the future through occult practices. But regardless, Daniel and his friends were master communicators and their messages carried authority every time they spoke. And in addition to their knowledge, they had wisdom and understanding given to them only by God. So the king was far more pleased with them than those other advisors. Those magicians and enchanters represented the best the pagan world had to offer. God's servants surpassed them and beloved, they always will. As we serve others, we must not merely pretend to have God's wisdom. Our wisdom will be genuine when we have a right relationship with God. Amen to that. And finally, our last question for today. Number four, how does trusting God lead to gaining understanding and wisdom? I love this question. Proverbs 3, 5 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lead not on your own understanding. There's a big difference between trusting in the Lord and trusting other persons or things. We should trust the Lord with all our heart because human understanding is tainted by sin, limited wisdom, impulsive assumptions, and faulty emotions. We're not always right. Sin taints our understanding and leads us to destruction. Should we base our understanding on what is partial, sinful, or destructive? Or should we trust in the God who is all-knowing, all-powerful, all-wise, loving, and has good plans to guide, satisfy, and establish us. Trusting in the Lord begins by believing in Jesus for salvation. When we trust in him, we acknowledge that salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Acts 4.12 We then get to know God more as we spend time in prayer and Bible study. The more we know him, the more we will love him. The more we love him, the more we will trust in him alone with all our hearts for wisdom, for decisions, for everything. Again, amen. Well, folks, that brings us to the end of our study today, our first lesson in Daniel. To recap, the theme for today's study was believers can live with integrity when tempted to compromise. God's word challenges us to live with integrity when we face the world's suggestion to compromise. Who knows what God plans to do through our lives in the future? But standing strong in our convictions regarding little things may indeed provide a foundation for God to do a great work in our future to his glory. 
Next week, we'll be studying Daniel chapter 3, verses 14 to 26, and we'll be talking about how believers must stand for God regardless of the potential costs. Again, this is going to be a great opportunity to study in his word, a very powerful book. I hope you'll join us same time next week. Until then, God bless you. Go in peace. Thanks for listening. Join us again next time for another encouraging message from God's Word. To find out more about our ministry, look us up on the web at www.whccnb.org. Word of Hope Christian Church. Real people. A real God. Real hope.